Hi everyone, welcome to Friday PM. We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to talk about why we feel stuck and why we go through wilderness situations. Stay tuned, I'm sure you'll be learning something as we have. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you might be regular viewers. Welcome back. Good to see you. Get comfortable. It's going to be a great episode. And if there's anyone new today, you just happen to stumble on Friday PM. We know God's got a great plan for your life and that this episode is just for you. So we pray you'll be mightily blessed and enjoy the Friday PM series. Well, we've got a very exciting topic today. And recently as a team, we've seen this great teaching from a man called John Bevere. And he's a great respected teacher and has a great itinerant ministry. He's been to many, many nations around the world, to many prisons, and he's, he's, he's the real deal, as they say. Um, and he has got such a revelation of why we go through this wilderness experience or why you feel stuck. Why do you go through something and you don't know why? Well, we're going to try and get to the bottom of this. Why as believers, as Christians, we go through these experiences? Why does God allow it? So watch this next snippet and we'll be right back. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm young, I'm in college, I literally, this is going to seem stupid, but it, I believe it was smart, I walked <laughs> off the tennis team at Purdue University as a starter because I had no time for God mm. because the studies were engineering and they were too difficult. So I've never regretted that decision, not once, okay? But what I did is I'm out, you know, near my fraternity on the golf course at night praying, crying out to God, and God's giving me glimpses. Once that happens, he gives you a promise, then comes the process. The process is the wilderness, okay? This is where he develops in you the character to handle the promise. Wow. And then the third step is the promotion, which is the promise fulfilled. If you look at Joseph when he shows up in the Bible, we, we, you know, he, is one of, he is my favorite. He and Daniel are my two favorites in the Old Testament. Just, I love them. And I'll tell you why, as I walk through this, if, when you look at Joseph, when he shows up in the scene, the second verse, it says, he told his dad some bad things his brothers were doing. So he's a tattletale, yep. all right? Verse eight, verse eight, he is bragging about, he's got the robe of many colors, so he's proud, right? And the, verse eight in the New Living says it so well, that he's speaking down to his brothers. Yeah. So we got a tattletale, a boaster, and somebody, and he's bragging about his dreams, and he's talking down to people. If God would have fulfilled the vision of that leadership at that time, yeah. we would have had a very narcissistic, it, yeah. insecure leader. Mm-hmm. See, Saul never went through a wilderness. David, David did. did. Yeah. Saul did not finish well. He had this humility that looked like it was real, but it wasn't. I mean, he's hiding in the equipment when they, he's called. His name is called. But if you look at his first major victory, he builds a monument to himself. So his, <laughs> his humility was completely... Off the radar. It was... <laughs> It was superficial. It wasn't genuine humility. Well, welcome back. I'm sure you've been blessed and so intrigued by what is going to come next. Well, he answered the question there. Why the wilderness experience? And 
He said there, God gives us a promise and then he wants to fulfill that promise, but he needs to take us through this character development stage in the middle so that we can sustain the promises he said. And that really resonated with me because otherwise, why would God let something happen that's not so nice to you? You think, why do we have to go through this? Why do I need to? And then many times we do have that why question. Um, so that really summarized it for me in a way. Uh, Zach, you got a scripture that really complements that, right? Yeah, well, we were praying this morning um, before the, the episode. It, it just came... Um, I remembered the the scripture that says, um, "Don't don't long for the days of old, um, because it's not wise to do so. Because sometimes we go through that, you know, we go through that that valley, that wilderness, and we think, oh, you know, the, it was better back when, you know, back when this was happening or back when that was happening, things were going better." And um, and then I read a couple of verses uh, later, and it's in Ecclesiastes seven uh, fourteen. It says. Um, that the good days are are made by God as well as the bad days, yeah. and uh, and He's got a purpose for them. So you know we we've got promises to to go on in Scripture, and we there's no point of complaining if we know, you know, hey, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's yeah, good. It's true. Yeah. So true. <laughs> that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> go forest. <laughs> I like what you said and what John Bevere said about giving Joseph that promise and he was so young and he had this coat of many colors nobody else none of his brothers had it so he was boasting he was prideful and he had all these prophecies or dreams or visions God gave him about his brothers all bowing down to him Mm. imagine if he had accelerated him immediately and made him prime minister of Egypt um, and he hadn't gone through all that time of honing his faith, building his character, and learning how to deal with famine so that he can prosper in the good times. Because I've, wow. isn't that am- yes. amazing that yes. all those years later he will know how to um, get ready for a famine time because he had been through a, f- a spiritual famine in his life. He also mentions how when Israel came out of Egypt, that they had a wilderness experience that only was meant to be about a year long. And then he said, just imagine Israel coming out of Egypt and then going into the promised land immediately. They would not have the experience. They would not have the strength. They would not have the wisdom to conquer this huge uh, Jericho. They had to go through a process to become one, to know who they are in God, the chosen people, uh, to know the the laws and to, uh, yes, just just learn how to cope together in the desert mm-hmm. and the wilderness. Yeah. And the one thing that... Yeah, the character, character is what he said. Yeah. Right. That's what God's working on in those yeah. times is character. And I, I like John Bevere calls this video your destiny requires a wilderness season. And I think we've all been through wilderness seasons. Him, he himself says, I've been through quite a few. And you think, seriously, I mean, just seems like you've been uh, doing really well all these years. And he said, 90% of what I have, I'm teaching right now has come through my wilderness seasons. Maybe we can play that right now, if you don't mind. We can just play that one little part there. Listen to me well. 
the most valuable times of my life are those wildernesses that I wrote about. Yeah. I hated them when I was in the middle of them. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely couldn't stand them. Yeah. But I look back and I realize that is where God revealed himself to me. John the Baptist was in the deserts until the day of his manifestation. And what happened? Annas and Caiaphas are doing their religious thing as being high priests, but yet he meets God in the wilderness. The word of the Lord came to him in the wilderness. Moses is on the backside of the desert, but God reveals himself to him in a burning bush. Joseph is getting dreams, uh, or the, how, the, the ability to interpret dreams in the middle of the desert, I, or in the middle of the dungeon. I could go on and on. The wilderness, one of the great things about it is where God reveals himself. Yes. 90% of what I preach and teach today came out of the rough, roughest wow. times of my life. Wow. It's true. Wow, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes these wilderness experiences, like it was with, with Joseph, for example, you know, physically, isn't it? There could be a wilderness experience where physically you are taken into an area or a place where you feel a physical restriction. Actually, Zach, you mentioned it, isn't it? You said that basically this whole years now, it's three years now. You're going it? into the third year. It's going into the third of year. Lockdowns and restrictions and, you know, it's a, it's a worldwide wilderness. It's a worldwide wilderness experience. So God allowed it. You know, Satan does bad things. God does good things. But God only allows things to happen if it's in line with his will. If we believe in him, if we fully put our trust in God. And... Uh, so it can be a physical restriction, but also spiritually we can go through wilderness experiences. And I've been through those, and I'm sure some of you have too. You've been through a real time where spiritually you find like nothing's happening. Like the winter outside, it seems like it's dead. There's no life. It's like nothing's happening. It's cold. It's not nice. You don't feel like doing much. Well, that's maybe where you are. And there's a reason a reason for the season, as someone once said. Reason for the season. I don't know. We're talking about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it works. Um, Christoph, I was really touched by what you shared because personally, you went through a wilderness season, right, some time ago. Yes. Yeah, so, in in our Christian walk, we sometimes get up and down. You know, especially uh, I, I don't want to say especially for me, it was in the beginning almost uh, of my Christian walk. Um, I felt rejected at some point. Um, it's a it's a it's a long story, but I felt rejected by people and by God at some point. Uh, I imagined that, and I just I just closed myself for everyone. And for a couple of months, I was in this uh, place of nowhere, basically nowhere with people, nowhere with with God, and I don't know how I coped. I think it was also through through the summer peri period, a little bit through the university. So I was, I think, alone pretty much for the most of that time. I don't know how it happened, but uh, it uh, I almost have no memories from that period of time. I was so so dead. Like wilderness is a, a time of of I don't know purification, maybe time of restoration, maybe time of exposing some parts of your character for mm. me my time of wilderness we call it was uh basically exposing my lacks and basically um i think maybe god allowed it to to expose uh my inability of coping on my own that you know we need people we need we need god to help us with every day mm. and even <laughs> that little time you know God made 
people, two of them, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. He said for some, for some reason, not only for, for a male to be alone, but basically for anyone to be alone, it's, uh, it, it can be sometimes not good. Not many people are destined to be uh, alone only with God. We need other people to, to cope. We need church to cope. This is what Paul said in Hebrews, right? We need churches to, to, to grow. And I was alone, so that was a period of no growth. And it was just a, a, an amazing time of restoration when I called to God, Jesus, I, I, I cannot cope anymore on my own. And it was, it was tremendous because at some point I had to realize that I cannot go further like, like that. It just, my age goes forward, time goes forward. But f for me in my life, it's like everything stagnates. Everything just went flat and, and, and stopped. Mm. So that moment when I called to God in repentance, basically, God, I, I, I need you. I need you to do something because I felt like I was doing nothing, absolutely nothing. And maybe that was a time for an purification for me that everything that I was, that was unclean came, mm. came up and I realized I cannot go like that anymore. I need God in my life. I need to, yeah. to, to, to be helped. Helped yeah. basically on my own, I won't yeah. be able to cope. Well, Christoph, look what Hebrews uh, twelve verse eleven says: "For the moment, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it." Yeah. So at the time, it's not pleasant. It's not a pleasant. It's not meant to be a pleasant experience. It wasn't a pleasant experience. But look at the fruit thereof: peaceful fruit of righteousness. You know, look what God's doing in your life. It was worth going through that situation because God was preparing you for ministry, which is amazing. Rachel, you haven't been through any wilderness experience, have you? Oh, oh well. <laughs> You've yeah. been in the summer glories of life. <laughs> no, I mean, I, like I say, you know, if you haven't been through a wilderness experience and you're walking with the Lord, then are you really growing? Because it's, it, it is in those times when you do grow. Um, I've, there are many wilderness experiences, but I'm thinking of... One, I think even when I joined the ministry, everything great. Wow. I'm, you know, part of the ministry. And I had some, I spoke about before, I had some financial problems, things that I had, uh, debt that I had built up. And the Lord had to, there was no kind of immediate kind of, wow, wave a magic wand and everything is gone and everything's perfect, you know. I had to go through a period of and walking with the Lord to, to change my mind to change my thinking on finances to change my thinking on how i spend i mean really i was for six years i couldn't i didn't have money to spend everything went on paying debts literally but god sustained me in that time i didn't have money to say oh i'm going to pay this and i'm going to do that i didn't i couldn't do that with my money because i had so many debts but god really um brought me through it and and has taught me many things and is still teaching me many things. And that's the thing that you go through wilderness experience. God exposes things about your character that you didn't know were there. And this, but there's still things that you can, that you continue with. You always continue learning. There's always, there are always new levels and there are always uh, more depths. And I think we see from Joseph's story that, look, he was this proud guy and, you know, then he got sold into slavery. That from a rich family, he goes down to the lowest of the low. He's sold into slavery to another nation. 
He goes and he serves in the house. The gift of leadership was seen in him. So the gift that he had was seen in him everywhere that he went. Yet still he was, you know, he went to the house of, of, of Potiphar. The wife lied on him and said he tried to um, have, he tried to sleep with me. And then from that house, he was then put into the prison. And we hear that the prison was really not a nice place. It was like a dungeon, probably damp. He was um, fed the bread of affliction, so he wasn't given nice meals. But even in the prison, the gift of leadership was seen in him. And he was in charge of the of the prisoners because mm. the prison guard realized that this guy had this gift of leadership. So even in the dungeon, he was able, his gift was being honed and God was, God was using him. And look how many years he spent, you know, in, he was in the, the house of um, Potiphar. He was in the prison. He had to wait two more years. He, he interpreted a dream and thought, I'm going to get out now. This is my get out of jail card. <laughs> uh-uh. Two years after he interpreted these dreams correctly, he still had to be waiting because God was still refining something in his character. And then what happened when he came out? He was able to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh and he became the prime minister of Pharaoh, prime minister in a foreign land. And the Bible says that when the brothers came because the famine was in all the earth, and the Israel, um, sorry, Egypt had stored up all the grain. When his brothers came and bowed down before him, and, and because they want to, went to went to buy grain, he remembered the dream. Wow! Hmm. Wow! Yeah, what what a journey! Yeah, what a journey! Um, we're going to quickly look at another part that he addressed, and it's got to do with complaining. We'll be right back. One day. I'm just reading 1 Corinthians 10, and I see the list that really keeps them out of their destiny, the children of Israel. Yeah. And I'm seeing sexual immorality. I'm seeing tempting Christ. I'm seeing building idols, sins in, like that. I'm like, whoa, those are serious. And then the fifth one is complaining. And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> how can you put that in that list, wow. right? Wow. And the Holy Spirit said complaining is a very serious thing. And I said, why? He said, it's, a, it's, a, it's the evidence of a lack of holy fear. He said, because complaining says straight to my face, God, I don't like what you're doing in my life right now. And if I were you, God, I would be doing this differently. He said, it is an absolute disregard for the process that I'm preparing wow. for you for. So I'm, I'm getting almost to the point where I'm proud because I'm not complaining, no matter what I'm going through, right? And one day I wake up on this fast. I'll never forget, I was in the mountains of Georgia. And I hear the Holy Spirit so clearly say, as soon as my eyes open up, I hear the complaining in your heart. Oh my goodness. My feet didn't touch the floor. I rolled out of the bed straight to my knees and I said, God, I'm so sorry. And I realized that he hears our hearts. Jesus knew their thoughts. He said, which is easier to say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I realized that that's really where it is. That's where it counts. Yeah. This was quite a, a big one, eh? Yeah. <laughs> the complaining and the murmuring. Charlene, share with us a little bit because you shared that this is something God's yeah. working in your heart, right? Yeah, it really, what Laurie Crouch was saying really resonated with me when she asked John Movie about the complaining. And uh, I, I always saw the glass half empty. And just the other day, the Lord, uh, the Lord really showed 
it's so timely that we saw this video because you can get into a place of murmuring and complaining and the way that John explained it is that it is actually um, close to rebellion because you're saying to the Lord, you don't know what you're doing. My plan is better. What are you doing? What do you actually think you're doing here? Because um, what I'm seeing here is it should actually be done this way. And I like how also he says that they're teaching their children to not complain at all. Mm. And I realized... Um, the Lord really showed me through watching Joyce Meyer the other day as well. She's awesome when it comes to just being practical. And I always like when I can make the word practical for me and work, make it work for me now. And not to work in a sense of, I know a few of my family members, they always, you know, when they're ill, they say, I'm not ill. I'm, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed. And I always found that to be kind of a little super spiritual. <laughs> Um, I just want to be real with God, you know, and I want to come to a place where how do I deal with my murmuring? Because I'm very sure that it has prolonged my wilderness times. And that was immensely key to Israel eventually being 40 years in the desert, mm -hmm. that they kept on murmuring and complaining. They'd seen mighty miracles happen. And yet they were complaining that come to a situation and you've probably found yourself coming to a precipice or situation where you go, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get over this? And you're complaining again and the Lord is saying, but I've done this. I've done that and I've done this. Surely I have something planned already because Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I have a plan for you. Mm. And she said one thing and it resonated with me what Joyce Meyer said. She said, I don't feel good today. I'm in a bad place. I'm feeling uncomfortable about this situation or I don't know how to this, handle this situation. But you said in your word, Lord, you will never leave me nor forsake me. Your plans for me are good. I thank you, Lord, that as I'm looking at the situation, it's feeling uncomfortable. It's feeling uh, I, I'm 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 you know, whatever feelings you have of complaining, but then immediately handing over to the word and, uh, mm. you know, um, coming against what you're feeling yes. with the word. Mm. Um, so I'm taking that for myself because it is a refining. It's, it's bringing up the dross. It's bringing up all that stuff. And every time you're saying, but the word says, I feel the Lord scrapes off the dross. Mm. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Every yes. time you say, but, but if you murmur, it brings it up. And if you don't say, but he doesn't scrape, it keeps on boiling at the top. It keeps on, mm. you know, and um, first Peter one verse six, if I can just finish with that, um, really blessed me. And that's what um, Laurie Crouch um, was talking about, says in this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm. Praise mm. the Lord. And I'm Amen. becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable, becoming comfortable with the wilderness and finding mm. the beauty in the wilderness like Elijah was fed in the wilderness. Mm. Yeah. The Israelites got manna 
in the wilderness. There's always provision in the wilderness if we just allow the Holy Spirit to show us that it is there. Yeah. For me, it was so profound. that I mean, just think about it. Now, God wants to show them the promised land. You know, I'm thinking about a father and his children. And the Bible says God that, that God chastises the man or disciplines a, a son and a daughter. You know, if I, I love my son, but because I love him, there is discipline involved because I want him to be better. And I know this might be tough now, but in the long run, this is really going to help him. So here's God, his children in the desert, and he wants to show them the promised land. Yeah. But they're complaining. Yeah. It's like Reuben saying to me, maybe, uh, you know, Daddy, this game is so fed up. I can't wait to get this new game. This game is not working. The things are broken. I, I want a new one. What, do you think I'm going to give it to him? <laughs> no. I'm going to wait till I say to him, you fix that and stop complaining. Then I might give you, I might consider and see if your attitude's any better. And if you can respectfully ask something, then you might get something. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I don't think a, a parent would say, oh, well, the more they complain, the more I give. At some point you think, well, now, wait a minute, this, this is not right. You're not going to appreciate anything good that comes your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a big lesson that they had to go through is not, not to murmur, to complain, to, be, to listen to the Lord and be satisfied and to say, Lord, if this is it, I'm making the best of it. I'm not going to constantly be happy if it gets better. I'm going to get happy when it gets better. When things get better, then I'm really going to stop complaining. No, stop complaining. Yeah, then things will get know. better most of the time. Wow. Yeah. Rachel, you also mentioned that um, you also believe that the wilderness experience keeps us from looking back. And that's what you picked up on, on as well. Yeah. Well, I just want to go back to a point. I love what John Bevere also said because he said that he, he learned not to complain but his heart was full of complaints. Didn't complain outwardly. Yeah. Right? And sometimes we, we don't complain outwardly to people, but we're murmuring inside, oh, yeah. and that person's got this and that's not fair. That's <laughs> true. Inside. And that God had to deal with that. He's Because it's your heart that God is interested in because he wants to, because that will re- reveals your character. That's where yeah. the character comes comes out. And so I thought that was very interesting. So I forgot the question you asked me. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Said, you, you mentioned about, about that they shouldn't look back. Yeah, because if you're looking back always, it's good to look back and to see what God has done and to see how good things are and where God has brought you from to inspire you to move forward. But yeah. if you're looking back in a way that is not inspiring to move for you to move forward, if you're looking back and you're stuck in the past, then you can never take hold of, of what's, what's ahead of you. You can, never, you can never grasp the good things that God has promised because you're saying what you did before was better. You already te- made a judgment that, God, what you did before is better. Yeah. You can't do any better than this. So I'm not interested in going forward because what was behind was better. Mm. That, is, that is rebellion. Wow. You know, you're saying to God, you can't top what you've already done. When God yeah. says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive, you know, what God good. has prepared for those who love him. He's got, he can do so much more than we can ask, think of, or imagine. So... Let's free ourselves. Yes, the past was good. Yes, things were great. You might not be in a great place now, but God is still faithful. He hasn't changed. And he can turn your story of woe into a real story of beauty. Wow. You know, it can be wonderful if we trust him. Man. <laughs> Keep going, sister. Amen. Going <laughs> to send was... out the offering plate. <laughs> That was profound, Rachel. That was really, really profound. Because many times people talk about the good old days. Oh, we don't have this anymore. Oh, in those days, life was so good. But if you really think about it, some things were good, but other things were really awful. And sometimes we forget that part. Mm. This was really good. I was more comfortable. I had more stuff. 
But where was your heart? Mm-hmm. Were you really full of joy? Was it really peaceful? Did you really have great relationships with other people? Yeah. Did you have all the nice stuff? So you might have had the nice stuff, but so as you said, not too long for that because we quickly forget <laughs> when things were not the, the not so nice. But we, we choose to remember all the nice bits. Ooh, but you don't remember those valleys and dark times that you were back then yeah. that God wants to set you free from. So let us agree together. Uh, there might be someone out there and you're really caught in this wilderness and you are borderline depressed. You don't know why things are happening. You're fearful of the future and you think, well, I'm stuck in a rut. I'm stuck. I don't know why I'm stuck. And I pray that something that the Lord has shown all of us today uh, will really touch you today and set you free. So let's agree together. Lord, thank you for your wonderful word that can encourage us, that shows us the way ahead, that shows why we have to go through sometimes seasons and times in our lives where it's not that pleasant. But Lord, that you have a definite plan and purpose, that you're preparing something wonderful for us in our futures, that you're preparing us, that you're shaping our character to sustain something beautiful and wonderful that's coming, that we need to be caretakers of, that we need to be responsible enough, that we'll be able to to look after these glorious things that you're going to do in our lives. So Lord, I pray for someone here just to push through, for someone out there that's listening, just to be remain faithful, just to stick close to the Lord, not to give up and to reach out and to push forward to receive those promises and to forget what lies behind, to look forward to the great things ahead. We thank you, Lord, for our time together today. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you very much for watching. We're going to leave you with a song called Glory Ahead. And there's truly glory ahead. Amen. 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 Thank you for watching. God bless you. Bye. Lord, you've been so very good to me. Open my eyes.